Hello and welcome in the Schland, a podcast about everyone's favorite, most reluctant superpower, Germany. I'm William Noah Glucroft, coming to you from the shining Hauptstadt on a plane, Berlin. These episodes are based on my substack of the same name. Check it out at schland.substack.com. Or don't go anywhere at all and do what everyone else does these days. Read with your ears while doing a dozen other things. Your choice. Either way, it's free. This episode's thoughtful kvetch was first published on February 26, 2023, under the title Übermensch über alles, Part 2, The race-baiting and fear-mongering that happens when people not supposed to be German do a very German thing. Viel Spaß damit! Right on time and right on the heels of one overheated battle in Germany's war with its own sense of self came another. Why discuss how climate change is giving the Alps a snowless winter when we can start 2023 distracting ourselves with moral panic about young people who appear to be from the Arab region shooting fireworks at cops? Coming up on 15 years living here and the needle on Germany's identity crisis, which pokes an enlightened liberal state with a small-minded exclusionary nation, has hardly budged. The same accusations, the same tropes, the same dubious claims hang out in a state of suspended animation in the rhetorical cryo-freezer waiting for the next social spark to defrost them, only to be revealed to be hysterical exaggeration of fact, if not debunked outright. Germany woke up hungover on New Year's Day to news that a normally rambunctious night took it to a new level, with police and fire personnel reporting the scariest moments of their careers. Before Berlin's sanitation company was done cleaning up the trash from the night, a record amount, it said, the country had lost its mind. For days, headlines as far as the eye could see ran wild with fear about the end of civilization as we know it. Dozens of injuries, hundreds of arrests, scenes of urban chaos so jarring and widespread that no one could quite make sense of what had actually happened. But that didn't stop people from trying, with investigators initially giving few details and no one really on the ground to ask questions, media just reprinted official statements and politicians' knee-jerk reactions. That means most everything reported was speculation, unreliable inference, the voice of a calculated interest group, or simply made up. Very little of the coverage included voices of the alleged rabble-rousers or the alleged groups to which they allegedly belong. As they say, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. In the absence of anything real to go on, the narrative fell back onto myth. Misfit migrants, mostly young Arab males, ravaging Germany's otherwise orderly cities out of disdain for authority since all they know is the abusive dictatorship. This is, of course, a profoundly lame take, not least of which because it posits that immigrants and those with an immigrant background, whatever that means, pose a threat to German society by engaging in one of the most German activities there is. Shooting off fireworks on New Year's Eve and generally making everyone miserable. Once again, we were told Germany has an Integrationsproblem. It took about 14 seconds for the country to abandon its collective skittishness towards authoritarian power and heavy-handed leadership, which it likes to say history has taught it to be wary of, and seek the toughest punishments as a means of establishing respect for the state and its enforcement bodies. That Germany's thin veil of humility, built on the presumption of historical responsibility, shatters the moment that status quo appears under threat, 
to reveal a festering pathological need for order, authority, and obedience should deeply trouble everyone who lives here, knows its history, and values the rule of law. Or is this what Chancellor Olaf Scholz meant when he successfully ran on a campaign of Respect für dich. Nearly every political voice was calling for the full weight of the German state to bear down on New Year's mischief. Even by the standards of German consensus politics, it was getting difficult to distinguish among the parties. After years of shooting down efforts to expand the use of body cams due to frequent allegations of police abuse, police unions here have had a change of heart. Now that it's their members in peril, rather than their members imperiling others, they're all for them. Meanwhile, talk of taking the sensible step to finally ban fireworks was short-lived, as the right to loose fingers, poison the air, trash the streets, and terrify your neighbors on New Year's Eve is about as sacrosanct in Germany as cruising as fast as you want down the Autobahn. As a largely one-sided debate dragged on in all its iterations, police were busy revising their numbers. Lo and behold, not only were far fewer arrests made in direct connection to attacks against first responders, at least in Berlin, but a good deal of them were, in fact, holding the correct passport. So much ink spilled over such a meaningless data point. German? Not German? German but not really? German but something else too? Germany has an Integrationsproblem. But it ain't a demand side one. Best check the supply side. The task of incorporating different kinds of Germans over the years has been fraught enough. It isn't a huge surprise that Germany's record on doing so for non-Germans is even worse, which deteriorates as the cultural and geographical distance to Germany grows. Germany may not be more racist than the big Western countries it hustles to culturally compete with, but it is significantly further behind in addressing its societal shortcomings. That is not in spite of its history, but because of it, and the steadfast conviction that its past affords its present in immunity other nations lack. Yet the kind of commentary that elsewhere is the clear domain of the xenophobic right Bad is, in Germany, totally normalized conversation smack in the heart of acceptable public discourse. I'll take a clearly defined far-right agitator any day over a wishy-washy centrist who papers over similar attitudes with the liberal panache of tolerance. There are tools with which to confront violence and extremism if people and institutions choose to make use of them. There are laws against calling Hitler great or burning down a refugee center. To the contrary, you can't prosecute a preference to buy Sesampasta at the safety of Bio Company because going to Zonenallee for tahini makes you feel uncomfortable. The very financial ability to make that consumer choice and the cultural capital that makes that option available in the first place are among the very few and thin dividing lines between enlightened shoppers in the organic aisle and the Wutbürger at a revisionist Montagsdemonstration. Not only in Germany, but especially so, it's more palatable to talk about racial inequality than income inequality because the former can get shoved onto the clear-cut racists or, in the inverse, the pesky migrants who just won't integrate, whereas the latter lands splat on the centrist consensus. German officialdom, by and large, fails to see the illusion it is built on. Given Germany's size, wealth, and commitment to technocratic upkeep, it is easy to forget that its liberal apparatus evolves not out of norms and institutions of its own making, but those hastily foisted upon it by victorious occupiers. Forgetting this feeds an undeserved assumption of democratic maturity that, in combination with a hypersensitive awareness of its own history, puts the onus of integration on the external group. 
for if the problem were on the host side, it would shatter Germany's post-war reason for being. Much better to chalk it up to Integrationsverweigerer and call it a day. That so many serious people, including the Interior Minister and Social Democrat Nancy Faeser, pushed this term, integration refuseniks, leads me to wonder if any of the officials dealing in these issues has ever actually met an immigrant. I struggle to imagine a person showing up in a foreign place, settling there, and not wanting to belong. You don't need an advanced degree in human behavior to understand. You just have to have gone to high school. Watch out, please. New meat coming through. If you're looking for integration refuseniks, maybe get off the lower income and Arab-dominated Zonenallee and go one street over to Weserstrasse. There, the anglicized and mobile professional class enjoys the protected status of expat. As such, there is no pressure to be part of anything around them and no chance of ever getting accused of forming a Parallelgesellschaft, even though that is exactly what it is. But let's not pit one immigrant group against another, especially when matters of race, migration, and integration are themselves just a symptom of a larger issue. For you do not need to be an outsider to be cause for suspicion. No, the uniquely German aspect here is a stubborn fear of disorder that threatens a conservative status quo inherently at odds with the proclamations of progress that German officialdom routinely professes. Amid fighting the external battle of broader notions of national identity, Germany has faced a much more domestic threat. Young people hailing from otherwise upstanding corners of society, angry that an era of green governance is largely lacking an ambitious green agenda. Their weapon of choice? Glue. Members of the Letzte Generation movement have been going around Germany adhering themselves to streets and fences, disrupting road and air traffic in a curious expression of climate protest. In very serious Germany, where respect for authority is a prerequisite and preserving the sanctity of the system comes first, such subversive behavior and embarrassing lack of control are not okay. Very serious Germans very seriously try to brand the antics of the Letzte Generation as domestic terror, with some going as far as to compare them to the RAF, an actual domestic terror group that kidnapped and murdered people and blew shit up. Germany's domestic intelligence agency smartly decided it had better things to do than classify the loosely affiliated environmental group as such, despite political pressure to do so, but that didn't stop police raids on college kids' dorm rooms anyway. Inexplicably, the country that still goes through the performative exercise of crossing off X days since we were Nazis stirs up more moral panic about mischievous foreign boys on New Year's Eve and good kids in treehouses than it does state-affiliated neo-Nazis stockpiling weapons and body bags as they plan to assassinate political enemies and overthrow elected government. The arrest of more than two dozen Reichsbürger, including a dusty old aristocrat, active and retired members of the military that included special forces units, and a Berlin judge that Germany's legal system cannot seem to kick off the bench despite her far-right affiliations, still wasn't enough to keep one of Germany's largest dailies from asking, how radical is climate protest allowed to be? So, the ideologies that have been Germany's undoing persist, often with active or unwitting state support, but very little of the concern for social order that we heard after New Year's Eve rivalry or sticky climate protests. One of these things may not be like the others, but importantly for Germany's sense of self, one of these things doesn't belong. 
One of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell which thing is not like the other by the time I finish this song? That's all for this episode of the Schland Podcast. Remember, you can get more episodes and even dust off those literacy skills of your own at schland.substack.com. You've heard my kvetch. Now I want to hear yours. Don't hesitate to be in touch and let me know what you think about this or any other essay or anything else going on in Germany that confuses, frustrates, or tickles you. From the Schland, this is the Schland. I'm William Noah Glucroft. Tschüss und bis zum nächsten.